Hi there, this is Karen from Case of Adventure. Today I'm going to be talking about 10 fun facts in geography and reading some story. It's a beautiful day outside. It's so amazing to look at the trees and the sky and hear the birds chirping and think about the beautiful world that God made for us. First, I'm going to read a review from Michelle. This is not a review of the podcast, but of one of our products. Thank you, Michelle. When I asked my children what they liked best about Case of Adventure, they answered, I love everything. Our top favorite study is the one that they've titled Switzerland Adventure with Cuckoo Clock Secrets. I really appreciated the links and videos provided that give more in-depth to the subjects and to experience more of the country's culture. The way Case of Adventure puts things together makes it a more real-life experience. The props and directions they provide add additional delight to the study that makes it a real joy to use. We really like trying the new recipes that are included as well. In fact, my 11-year-old for the past two years for his birthday meal has requested the meal from the Switzerland study. We learned a lot about the country we are studying by using Case of Adventure and I highly recommend them for you to use in your geographical studies. Thanks for that, Michelle. I've missed being able to come on the podcast and it's so good to be back. My voice is so much better. For a while I struggled with issues with my voice. So I'm going to be back now and then and we'll be talking about all kinds of geography, fun facts about countries and traveling and exciting stuff. So, here we go. Geography is the study of the Earth, its features, its inhabitants, and its phenomena. So, its features are things like continents, the seas, the rivers, the mountains. The inhabitants are all of us, the people, and the animals that live on the Earth. The phenomena are things that happen like the tides, the earthquakes, uh, wind, tsunamis. The word geography comes from the Greek words. I don't know exactly how you say these words. Ge, uh, which means earth, and graphene, which means to write and draw. So it means to write and draw about the earth. So every time you draw a picture of the earth or you write about it, you're doing geography. And this is just one of the most exciting subjects you get because not only can you learn about it, but you can go and travel all over it and meet new people and see new sites. You can see what buildings have been built. You can find out the history of the people who used to live there. You can experience all kinds of new things. You can taste new food. You can experience new means of transport. It just never ends. A person who is an expert in geography is called a geographer. A geographer tries to understand the world and all the things that are in it, how they started, how they've changed. Geographers also need to know a lot about maps because maps are very important when we want to understand geography. We use maps and we make them. Have you ever drawn a map of your bedroom or your house or your property showing where each Little part is like where's your pool and where's the lawn and where's your bathroom or in your bedroom you can show where your bed is or where your chest of drawers is, where your bedside light is. Map making is called cartography and people who make maps are cartographers so maybe you can become a cartographer. So here we go, 10 facts about the earth. Africa is the only one of the continents 
That is in all the four hemispheres. It's in the north, in the south, in the west, and in the east. So down at the bottom, we have South Africa. That's the southern hemisphere. Up in the top, we have places like Egypt. That's the northern hemisphere. And we have the west and the east of Africa. You should have a look at a world globe or a world map and try and see which countries you can find in the western and eastern and the northern and southern hemispheres. Alaska in the United States is the westernmost and the northernmost state of the United States, which makes sense when you look at a map. But you know something else? That state, the state of Alaska, is also the easternmost state because parts of Alaska are so far west that the state actually stretches into the eastern hemisphere. You know those longitude lines that go from the top to bottom of the globe? Well, Alaska has the easternmost longitude of any point in America, in the United States of America. Number three, there are three countries that are landlocked by another country. That means that they are completely surrounded by the land of another country. Those three are, can you tell me? Lesotho, which is completely landlocked within South Africa. San Marino and Vatican City, which are surrounded by Italy. You got it. Number four, Canada has lots and lots of lakes. Canada is the second largest country in the world. So it may not be a surprise to you that it had lots of lakes. But did you know that it has more than half of all the natural lakes in the world? That means there are over 31,000 lakes that are larger than two square miles. And there's even more that are smaller than that. Isn't that unbelievable? 31,000 lakes in Canada. Number five. The entire world's population could easily fit into the state of Texas. All the people in the world could fit into Texas. So the entire world, if it were as densely populated as New York City or a place like that, that means all the people would cover about 250,000 square miles. And that means that all the people in the world could fit into the state of Texas. Don't you think being able to fit over 7 billion people in an area smaller than half the United States is pretty amazing? Number six, Australia may be surrounded by water, but it doesn't have the world's longest coastline. Which country do you think has the world's longest coastline? It's a very big country. It's the second biggest country in the world again, which is Canada. Canada has 150,000 miles of coastline and Australia only has 16,000. Australia is actually seventh on the list of the longest coastlines, we have Indonesia, Greenland, Russia, Philippines, Japan, and of course Canada, and then Australia. Number seven. Every year, New York drifts a little further away from London. About one inch every year. Because of the drifting of the continental plates, 
New York is just slowly getting further and further away from the United Kingdom and from London. Number eight. Dust from Africa, perhaps from the deserts in Africa, can reach as far as Florida in the United States. I guess we have a rather windy planet. Number nine. The Himalayas, the Himalayan mountains, are getting higher a tiny bit every year. The Himalayan mountains are growing by about half an inch every year. And last of all, number 10. In Australia, there is a coral reef which is shaped like a heart and you can see it from space. Isn't that lovely? Now, as a surprise, I'm going to read to you from the first chapter of Olive Oil Operation in Italy. That's from our Italy Adventure book. Are you ready? My name's Rome, and I've always thought Italy is the coolest place ever. It's mostly the food that I love, but also the language and the history. My mom and dad, my sisters, Ren, Libby and Tiffany, my brother Jake and I are traveling around Italy. We're traveling really light this time. Well, dad made us. We each have a backpack with our clothes in it and a small day bag, which can be rolled up and put into the backpack when we aren't using it. I'll admit it's a lot easier not having to roll a huge suitcase along wherever you go. We have money belts under our shirts because of the pickpockets. We heard they can try to steal your cash in a crowded place by sticking a hand into your pocket or cutting your bag strap and taking it. I can't wait to try some unusual Italian dishes. I'm hoping to meet a chef or two at the restaurants we visit as we travel. I'm training to be a chef and I want to learn all I can about Italian cooking. Maybe I'll also get to meet a real Italian grandma and learn some awesome recipes from her. We flew into Milan and landed at the Malpensa airport, the main airport. Did you know that Rome is the capital of Italy? But Milan is the capital of the region of Lombardy. I've heard that Gorgonzola, one of my fave blue cheeses, comes from the town of Gorgonzola, which is quite near Milan. I'm looking forward to wandering through the city, observing the locals and listening to the street musicians. It's awesome to be able to visit famous monuments, museums, churches and ancient relics. We stood on the platform to catch a train from the airport to the station in central Milan. There were so many people all jostling each other as they waited for the train. When it arrived, we all boarded very quickly. The carriage was rather full and I was standing near the doors as they closed. I nearly jumped through the roof as the girl standing next to me screamed. I glanced up in time to see a lady jump off the train just as the doors were closing. She threw a wallet back into the compartment. The wallet belonged to the screamer and she snatched it up, dismayed to find that her euros were gone. I was happy that she still had her credit cards and passport. I cast her a sympathetic glance and decided to be very aware of what was going on around me. I patted my money belt under my shirt. The train station in Milan is awesome. It's really old and historic, with a beautiful curved glass roof above stone walls. Dad told us that for every church in Rome, there's a bank in Milan. That seemed to be true as we passed a bank on every block. There were tons of restaurants too. I was looking forward to trying some Milanese cuisine. The air was smoggy and humid. Milan has the most smog population of any European city. I was relieved when we arrived at our hotel, although the room felt rather hot. 
In the fall and spring, hotels aren't allowed to heat or cool their rooms. The government prohibits it, as they want to save on energy. We opened all the windows, threw down our backpacks and flopped on the beds. I closed my eyes contentedly, intending to have some shut-eye, when I heard Ren's voice sounding way too enthusiastic for my tired brain. Anyone up for some exploring? There were a couple of grunts from the adjacent beds. I opened my eyes and peered at her, deciding to be adventurous. We were in Italy after all. I'm in. You guys can go while we rest, said Dad. We'll catch up with you later. Remember to stay alert and be wise about where you go. Here are some euros. Dad prepared us with a list of emergency procedures, phone numbers and a lecture about being aware of people around us. He told us to say no grazie if people wanted to give or sell us stuff. We finally left to do some exploring. Dad had also purchased a prepaid Milano card for us, which meant we could use the public transport in Milan. Ren and I started out walking along a narrow street, consulting our map regularly. We stopped at an interesting-looking drinking fountain. After watching someone use it, we tried it out ourselves. I told Ren, block the hole where the water's coming out and bend your face down to catch the stream in your mouth. Wow, it sprays right up to my mouth through a small hole up here in the pipe. Very clever, she replied. As we wandered along, Ren asked me, did you know there are canals in Milan as well as in Venice? Milan's canals are actually three times longer than the ones in Venice. And they were designed by Leonardo da Vinci. Cool. Did you know Navigli is the Italian word for canals, I counted? And, Ren continued ignoring my smug look, when the awesome Duomo of Milan, the cathedral, was being built, canals were used to transport marble and other building materials by boat to Milan. Nowadays, only tourist boats use them. I grinned. Enough nerd facts for now. Let's explore. The Milano Centrale Railway Station building was huge. Ren stood staring at a statue of a man with a winged horse. Italy is full of amazing statues and ornate buildings. I pulled Ren along with me through the turnstile and we hopped on the yellow line metro to Duomo and hopped off again at the Piazza del Duomo, the central public square. Ren and I both stared as we slowly turned in a circle. The square and the cathedral were truly spectacular. All those spires. Quite the architectural marvel, I teased Wren with the words she would have used. She was enjoying the view too much to notice. We walked up to a majestic statue in the centre of the square. Look, it's Vittorio Emmanuel II, the first king of United Italy. I had some of my own nerd facts to share. Remember, we learnt about him and about Garibaldi, who helped in the unification of Italy. Remind me, Wren grinned, facing me with her arms folded. Garibaldi was a general in the Italian army who led a group of volunteers called the Red Shirts to overthrow the foreign governments that controlled parts of Italy. They were mostly in southern Italy. When I'd finished my history lesson, we looked around some more. I pointed... That arch must be the entrance to the fancy shopping mall Galleria Vittorio Emmanuel II. It's one of the oldest malls in the world. We also saw the impressive royal palace across the way and the Opera del Duomo Museum. The word Duomo simply means cathedral in Italian, so I guess we'll be seeing a Duomo in most cities that we visit. 
Piazza del Duomo means square of the cathedral. Do you know what inspires me most about being here, Ren asked me? All the history we learn seems to include Rome or Italy in some way. And now we are here. It's amazing to think of all the people we've learned about walking these streets, looking at the same sky as we are or the same ocean. It's mind-blowing. She looked dreamily around her. I don't see the ocean, I teased. Not here, silly. I meant on the coast of Italy. She shoved my shoulder and ran across the piazza. I followed, still looking at the building to the left of me, when I suddenly crashed into a very large Italian man, who began waving his hands and exclaiming. I apologized as best I could, in my flustered state bowing to him like the Chinese do. I quickly turned and ran to join Ren, who had her hand over her mouth to stifle her giggles. Okay, enough of that, I said, embarrassed. We walked all around the outside of the cathedral, not wanting to pay the large number of euros that it cost to go inside. It was constructed in 1386, but not officially completed until 1965. That means it took over 600 years to complete. Its Italian Gothic style and the front facade has all these awesome towers, statues and other decorations. And the stained glass windows are just huge. Pity about the smog makes the view a bit hazy, Wren commented. When you walk inside the Galleria Vittorio Emmanuel II, it's easy to think that you're in an opera house or a palace, not a shopping mall. The mall's in the shape of a cross, and the roof has glass panels that let in the sunlight. The walls and shop entrances are decorated with cool artwork. Just then, Wren's cell phone rang. She rummaged in her money belt, looking for it, and answered to find Dad on the line. Yes, we're at the Galleria Vittorio Emmanuel, she told him. Okay, great. We'll meet you outside the Prada shop here. It has three big archways, so it's hard to miss. Okay, bye. While we waited for the rest of the family to arrive, we wandered around looking at fancy shops like Louis Vuitton and Giorgio Armani, and then returned to Prada at the appointed time. We waved when we saw the rest of the family crossing the shiny floor to our rendezvous point. Tiffany came running across the floor and gave my legs a big hug, while the others followed more slowly. After a quick catch-up of the past couple of hours, we left to travel across Milan to the church of Santa Maria del Grazi, where Dad had made an appointment to see one of the greatest pieces of art in the world, the Last Supper painting by Leonardo da Vinci. Yep, you need an appointment to see it. We entered with a group of 25 people and were only allowed 15 minutes in the room before we would have to move on. I stood staring at the larger-than-life painting. It's huge. It was so much bigger than I expected. It was probably twice as high as our ceiling at home and twice as wide as our dining room wall. There's so much detail in the figures of Jesus and the disciples, said Mum. It makes you want to keep on looking at it because it's so amazing, said Libby. Did you know that there are musical notes that make up a melody hidden in the painting, Wren told us? Each piece of bread and each disciple's hand is supposed to represent a musical note. You are supposed to play all the notes from left to right. I mean, from right to left, she corrected. Why not left to right, asked Jake. He used to write a lot of his stuff right to left like his notebooks. Strange, isn't it? I'm going to find a picture of the painting on the internet and try out the tune at home, Jake decided. The painting is painted directly on the wall and had been damaged by Napoleon's soldiers and also by bombs during World War II, but had been restored many times. 
thanks for listening. And I hope you guys have a fabulous week thinking about other countries and dreaming about traveling and enjoying your own home, which I'm sure is very beautiful. Bye for now.